0: Welcome to the Revelation Church podcast. We trust today's message will speak to you. If you'd like to get in touch, just drop us an email at hello at revelationchurch.org.uk. Well, morning, guys. Um, I've I've got the privilege today, and it is a privilege to always share God's word. It's always a privilege to stand up and and share God's word. And um, I'm finishing off the series on the Holy Spirit, and I was asked to preach on spirit-filled evangelism. And when I was given that title, I thought, yes, <laughs> yes, I want to preach on spirit-filled evangelism. Um, and do you know why as well? well not, not because I, lo- I love telling people about Jesus. It, that it excites me even to get to share. You know, seeing someone saved and born again is, is amazing. But just to get to share the Lord and what he's done is just incredible as well. It's a journey. It's a process there. But even so, more in this time, I believe, because, because I don't want to go on about COVID. I've had enough of COVID, talking about COVID, you know. But there are all these lockdowns and restrictions and restraints on our lives. And we, maybe some of us would have dealt with it differently. I mean, I struggled badly because I, I like talking to people in the flesh. I like going out with people. I like hanging out with people. I don't like doing the whole screen thing. So I, it was hard for me. And because of this isolation that we was in, we, it, it made us feel a little bit, well, a, a lot, inward-looking, I believe. We came very inward-looking. And the church as well. It would have been a time when the church become inward-looking. but I believe now is a time for us to be outward-looking. God's almost pressing the reset button, I believe, to get us to be outward-looking again. And there was some very bizarre stuff going around, wasn't there, <laughs> during COVID time. You only had to look online and read stuff, even some so-called Bible stuff. that I thought, wow, what on earth is all that about? What is that about? It didn't even line up with Scripture. And I'm sure that God wanted to speak to us through that time, and for the church to learn some lessons through that COVID time. But my prayer was that the church would come out stronger, brighter, and sharper than before. Amen? The world hasn't ended. Jesus hasn't returned. Amen? He's not come yet. So that means there's still a call on our lives to go and make disciples of all nations. Amen? He's the same yesterday and forevermore. He, what he did on the cross hasn't changed. This message is still the same. And it's still a call on us as he's followers to go and share it with a lost and broken world and see transformation wherever we go. Who's up for that? No. You up for that, Sniff? Because yeah. one of us is up for that. <laughs> so maybe today, I'm praying for a fresh revelation today from the Holy Spirit that the Great Commission is still the Great Commission. To go to make disciples of all nations. So I'm thinking, Lord, what do I preach on then? There's loads in the Bible I could preach on. Because I spent 18 months going through the book of Acts in, in, uh, in Cyprus, and there's so many wonderful examples of Spirit-filled evangelism. Holy Spirit being poured out on the early church, the, the early church moving forward in power, amen? amen. And I believe there's no, there's, there, there's, there's no evidence in the New Testament that the church would move forward any other way. We need the Holy Spirit empowering us, equipping us to go and do the works, amen? And when I, just to say, just when I talk about the church, I'm talking about us god's people i'm not talking about a building if the the holy spirit just fills this building when we leave that's it we're powerless (laughs) he wants to come and fill us he fills us there's a river flowing from us amen through us then i thought maybe we should look at the apostle paul he wrote loads of of the new testament most of the new testament he was a great evangelist but you know what we're not talking about being evangelists today Steph said a couple of weeks ago, an evangelist is a gift to the church to equip the church to evangelize. So we're not talking about becoming evangelists today. We're talking about evangelism, spirit-filled evangelism, the spreading of the gospel, the sharing of the good news of Jesus. And yes, that can be done in this setting by preaching. I wonder if you've seen Billy Graham stand up in the football stadiums and hundreds of people coming forward. But I believe there's a call on us a personal witness about Jesus, of who he is and what he's done in our lives, and that, that's all of us. It's not, oh, we leave it to them guys over there. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be lad. <laughs> you have to be saved, filled with the Spirit, and you can share about Jesus. Amen? Yeah. So let's turn into our Bibles. Um, I'm gonna, we're going to read a big uh, passage of Scripture today. So after much praying, going, oh, Lord, what should we do? John chapter 4. We're going to read about an encounter a woman had with Jesus at a well. We're going to read from verse 5 to verse 42. Woo! Big. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine if we all played our part? So I want to say this. If we all played our part in, 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 in evangelism, what would the outcome be? I believe kingdom advancement in ways we wouldn't even imagine. Yeah. If we all played our part postcode planting come on i believe church is getting planted i mean people getting saved and i I want i just want to say before we get into this passage today god showed me you know we overcomplicate it sometimes we overcomplicate this and he showed me very clearly and i just want to say what i'm preaching today the lord nailed me to the wall (laughs) a few times so i'm not going oh i had all this sewn up but he, he showed me it's very simple but it's extraordinary as well in the same time and you'll see what i mean John chapter 4, we're going to start at verse 5. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar. Is that right, Sychar? Am I saying that right? Yeah, okay. Near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well, uh, Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was f- from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to drink water. Jesus said, to so her, give me a drink. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father, Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself and did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give will never be thirsty again. The water that I give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty and have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to a woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know, we worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, it is now here, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming. He who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman. But no one said, what what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? (laughs) Sorry, I'll get right into the story. (laughs) Jesus said to him, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do not say that there are are yet four months, then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and and another reaps. I sent you to reap for which you did not labour. Others have laboured and have entered into their labour. And sorry, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans come to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed. Many more believed. I love that. Because of his word. They said to the woman, it's no longer of what you have said that we believe. We have heard for ourselves. And we know this is indeed the savior of the world. Whoa, come on. What a story that is. What an encounter that is. And I'm going to just pick out, there's lots of different sermons in (laughs) here. But I want to just pick out a few things that the Lord wants to say to us regarding Spirit-filled evangelism. Jesus is travelling. He says he's travelling from Judea to Galilee. So he's on a journey and he gets about halfway on that journey and he stops at Samaria. Now Samaria is about 59, I think 59 point something miles on, on foot. That's 59 miles on foot, 17 hours. That's, that's a long time to be walking, no? And I, I know that because I looked done it on Google Maps. So I got that. So if you, maybe you would have walked a bit. for Maybe were, he was on a donkey for a bit. I don't know. The, the Google Maps didn't tell you that. But no wonder Jesus is tired. No wonder he's weary. No wonder he's asking this lady, this is a woman here at the well, for a drink. But even though he's tired, thirsty, and hungry, we know he's hungry as well. The disciples have gone in to get a bit of food. It never stopped him engaging and wanting to share truth. Truth about who he is and truth about how this woman can find true salvation. Do you know what? I was challenged by this. Because let me tell you, when I'm tired, and I've never walked 59 miles in my life, I struggle walking to Sainsbury's around the corner without wanting a drink or something to eat. But if I had walked 59 miles, the last thing on my mind, if I'd have seen this woman at the well, would have been, Oh, I wonder, if I, wonder what, if I can get the gospel in here. I've said it a million times how tired I am. And because of my tiredness, I can't do certain things. Donna's even said, like, then you did, Oh, I'm a bit tired. Well, another reason that God had to really deal with me on was that I'm too busy. I was always too busy. People, people wouldn't have even finished asking me how, oh, I'm busy. I haven't even got to that bit then. Now, I'm not saying there are not a times when, you know, we're tired and we need to get rest. And rest is biblical, amen? So I'm not saying that. We're not, we're not, I'm not preaching we all get ourselves burnt out. If I'm honest, I still, feel, I still feel a bit tired from my time in Cyprus. My body's still a bit aching. <laughs> but we are spirit-filled believers all the time, amen? We are what we are. <laughs> we're not off-duty, as it were, from being Christians. God is always at work, all the time. In fact, Jesus says in the next chapter, chapter 5, he says, that the Father is always working, so so is he. Phil Moore more in his commentary on, just, on John's Gospel, on his passage, he says that Jesus was exhausted, thirsty and hungry, but didn't take dinner breaks from his mission. <laughs> I love that. Didn't take dinner breaks from his mission. We don't take off and put on our, uh, our evangelism heads. I feel like a bit of evangelism today. Where's my evangelistic head? In our everyday lives, in our day-to-day, I believe we need to be ready to share I'm ready to take the opportunities that Jesus puts in front of us. Amen. I felt, I looked, I was praying about this. I thought, Lord, it seems crazy that I would turn down an opportunity or pass up an opportunity to share the gospel or just to bless someone because I felt a bit tired or a bit busy. I'm tired and busy most days. (laughs) It means what? I'm never going to share. I'm never going to step out. Maybe God was putting a person in my way who needs to hear the gospel today. And in that moment, something could happen to that person's life. And I bet if we took them moments in our every day when we really didn't feel like it, if we experienced the response we read about in this passage, we will not feel tired anymore. <laughs> there would be a sense of <laughs> overwhelming joy. We'll look at that in a bit. Because guys, we're talking about people's eternal destinies here. People's eternal destinies. This is big stuff. What we're called to do is big stuff. Jesus shares, I don't know if you noticed, he shares about salvation in a very ordinary occasion. Very ordinary. I think sometimes we overcomplicate evangelism. We want the right moment, the right setting. But Jesus is doing this in, in such an ordinary way. He's simply traveling and asking for a drink. He uses an ordinary thing to speak about Spiritual things, and I believe if we are in fellowship with God, if we are walking with God in some ordinary situations in life, He's gonna give us opportunities to speak about the things of God, amen. In the ordinary, he's gonna give us opportunities to speak about the extraordinary God we worship and what he's done. And I know it's scary, (laughs) it's so easy, you know. We I've heard loads of sermons on evangelism, and you get (laughs) so You get fired up in here, yeah, let's do this, come on. (laughs) And then you get outside, you think, ooh. Because we're putting ourselves out there. We're we're sharing about what we believe. We're sharing about how our lives have been transformed. And when we do that, you know, some some Christianity don't always get a good press here. Narrow-minded, judgmental. There's going to be some, I'm not going to say, you're going to come against them in opposition if you're going to go, I'm going to do this, definitely. There'll be some opposition, there'll be some mocking and laughing. But like I said, it's people getting saved, and coming to know the Lord, it outweighs it all. And I noticed in the church in Cyprus that the guys felt well comfortable in church sharing Jesus. They felt well comfortable with someone they didn't really know, sharing about the Lord or praying for someone. And I think it's because they thought, oh, this is God time. <laughs> Safety and numbers in here. It's a safe space, and it is. But Jesus tells us to go make disciples. Not stay, and make disciples. He doesn't tell us to wait for the Sunday morning meeting. He tells us to go make disciples of all nations. And if we only waited for an opportunity on a Sunday, these evangelistic opportunities would be few and far between and be very limited. And I believe there's more. In the beginning of the book of Acts, Jesus orders his disciples to wait. He says, wait for the promise of the Father, filled with the Holy Spirit, so they can be equipped with power and authority. See transformation wherever they go. Guys, we don't have to wait anymore. We don't have to wait. We, we are living in the age of the Spirit. We go filled with the Spirit. And I want to say, let's, you know, when we go, let's be expectant. I'm not gonna, I wonder if I go. Well, let's go expectant that God can do, it, can do what He does, that we read about in Scripture. This message is life saving, it's life changing. It's so powerful. I love. Don't you love hearing testimonies that God has broken into someone's lives? It's just the best thing, isn't it? You know, when you hear it, it it does something. Not only do it, it, you know, it's obviously done something to them. They're saved. They're born again. They know God. But it does something. I think, wow, come on. I went up to see my brother in in a Christian rehab center. And story after story, I'm weeping. They're celebrating. It was just wonderful. Where to go and make disciples, if we go with God in us, the power of the Holy Spirit living in us in the ordinary day-to-day, be ready, be expectant, because I'm gonna, you're gonna be behaving very normally, <laughs> very naturally, and some someone's gonna notice something that's gonna surprise them about you. Some people are gonna notice things about you that's gonna surprise them. I know I noticed that Jesus surprised this woman, He surprised her. You think, oh, what was he doing? Was he floating two feet off the floor? Maybe it was the way he dressed. No, he surprised this woman, Joe, you know because of his friendliness. He was friendly. And it surprised this woman. She was surprised that Jesus' friendliness to her being a woman and a Samaritan, this simple act of friendliness during an ordinary act of asking for a drink, led to Jesus' offer of salvation and for this whole town to start getting impacted. But it came from being friendly and ordinary. And I was deeply challenged by this. I felt God say, Dean, when was the last time you did, some, you did, you did something that surprised someone with your friendliness or your kindness? I thought, too long. My wife Donna, she's amazing at this. Oh, she's so amazing at being friendly and kind. It's like second nature to her. She loves it. And she, she responds to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. My our next door neighbour, where we've just moved into, she's got some kids and Donna said to me, do you know what, I'm going to go and buy them some sweets and some gifts. And I'm like, yeah, why? <laughs> and she's like, well, I mean, why not? And I'm like, yeah, all right, whatever you want to do. She was being friendly and kind. And there's me surprised at her being friendly and kind. I'm like the disciples in this passage. I'm like, they're rocked up and going, why is he speaking to this woman? I'm like, why are you buying them gifts? Donna knocks on the neighbour's door and says, hey, I just thought you'd buy your children some gifts. And she said, How did you know? She said, How did I know what? She went, It's their birthday tomorrow. Aww. And Donna was like, Wow, wow, wonderful. <laughs> and it was like, Wow, the Holy Spirit prompted her. She was friendly. She's kind of doors open. Doors open. Cakes started coming over. It was blind. Brilliant. <laughs> but we've had, you know, every time we speak now, there's some conversation. We've, you know, a relationship's been built from an act of friendliness and kindness. Because we can live in this culture of me, myself, and I, and, and saying hello to someone might surprise them. <laughs> you know, when you don't know someone, you just say hello, it surprises them. And God then works in that. Our lives have been transformed. We are born again, and we have a new hearts. And that means we should be concerned for others. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 34, it says this. When he went ashore, this is Jesus, he saw a great crowd. And he had compassion on them. Because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. So what did he do? He said he began to teach them many things. He began to share. Luke's gospel says that he, he spoke about the kingdom of God. Again, in that passage I read, I looked at Jesus. With despite his need for rest, he sees people like sheep without a shepherd. Dangerous. Open to attack. No direction. Don't know where they're going. So he teaches them the things of the kingdom. Before he got his rest, he met other people's needs and he fed them physically and spiritually. I want to say, being concerned for others, moving out of compassion will move us to do things and say things that will bring people closer to Jesus. It will. It just will. Our hearts should break for what breaks God's. Let your heart today break for what breaks God's. I I can't give you a one to five on... How to do spirit-filled evangelism. Sometimes it would be great, wouldn't it? Number one, we're going to see lots of people saved. I can't do that. I believe spirit-filled evangelism comes from something that's happened internally to us. New hearts, new desires, new urges, new nature that's God's birthed in us. Amen? What fuels our evangelism then? What is it then? What fuels this evangelism? Give us some application. Okay. Listen to how Paul talks about us in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And if you're a born-again believer, this is you. Believe this today. Believe this about yourself. He says that Christ's love controls us. He says his love controls us. He says that we no longer live for ourselves. We no longer live for ourselves. We regard no one according to the flesh. He says you don't regard anyone according to the flesh anymore if you're born again. You're not even Christ. He says, you are new creations. The old has gone, the new has come. That is who you are. Amazing truth after truth about how our lives have been changed that we are now, we are now hidden in Christ Jesus. And then comes the big left hook. That's, that's the fuel, because here comes the big left hook. He says, considering all these truths about who you now are, about your new identity in Christ, go and share. <laughs> share out of that share this message that's now in your heart that you've now you've been reconciled to God now share that that Christ was reconciling the world to himself that you now are ambassadors of Christ amen we're ambassadors we got Jesus we got the interest of Jesus on our heart and he says go and take that because of who you now are we can't, how can we possibly stay silent You can't stay silent about something like this. I don't know about you, but I was shocked that God saved me. Absolutely shocked. But in the same way, God can open blind eyes. Just every hour he opened my eyes, he can open the eyes of others. And do you know what? He wants to save people. He wants to. It's not like we're trying to twist God's arm. Come on, I'm going out today, try and do this, Lord. He wants to save people. And he wants to use us to do it. So I say, let's get the word of God out there. Let's get the word of God out there. Jesus gets the message of salvation out there, and he had a huge impact on the whole town. We don't know when we're going to share with that one person what the effect may be. I went fishing last week, (laughs) and uh, I I was going carp fishing, and I bought a huge big bag of carp bait boilies, they're called. And it cost me a few quid to get these boilies, and I was sitting there thinking as I'm catapulting all these boilies out, because this is a few quid. I've not even got a hook on one of these. But I'm throwing all this bait out, and then eventually I got me, I got a rod out and threw a rod out as well. And then just as I was doing it, I felt God speak to me about this subject. <laughs> he said, Dean, you ain't, if you just put one bait out there, you ain't going you know what, you may not catch much. You need to put loads of baits out there because the baits are what attract all the fishing. And some of them are gonna get hooked. And guess what? I caught loads. <laughs> there was a bloke next to me, he, didn't to he only had a small bag of bait, to be fair. I wasn't very Christian, I didn't give him any of my bait. I thought, no, you should have thought ahead. <laughs> and he threw his little bit of bait out and his rod and he will not catch nothing. And I get getting him to take photographs of the things I'd caught. <laughs> he didn't like it. But I felt that's what God said about the gospel, don't put it out there once. Put it all over the place because it's going to be attractive and some are going to take the bait, amen? And I've seen the same principle in the, in, the, in the parable of the sower. I haven't got time to go right through that. How long have I got? For five minutes, sorry. um, I see the same principle. You know, that sower was throwing seed everywhere. And I used to think, I wonder, if, I don't think he's very good at his job. <laughs> this, this sower's throwing the seed on the path. He's throwing it on the rocky ground. He's throwing it on the weeds. And he's throwing it a bit on the soil, you're wasting all the seed. What are you doing? And Jesus does tell us in that parable the different reasons why the seed takes roots and bears fruit, and He doesn't take a rocket scientist to work out where it's going to bear fruit on the soil. Yes, I get it. But I thought he's the thing. He's, he's, maybe the, we should get you need, there. Needs to be a new sower. <laughs> but the thing is, you know, we can't see people's hearts. We can't see what's going on internally, can we? So we paid a partner. So I'd, Get it out there. Get the word of God out there. Because people, if you looked at me a week before I become a Christian, whoa, <laughs> I was rocky grand, I was the path, and I was the weeds. And no one would have thrown a bit of seed in my direction if, I went, if you went on the external. I'd have gone, no way. That seed is just going to bounce off. It ain't going to take no root there. But you know what? People did throw seed my way. And by the grace of God, here I am where I am today. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. No one's out of God's reach. Let's get some seed out there. Because we don't do the saving. We don't know what's in their hearts. But we didn't want to say, see it as a privilege to be able to do this. But see it a privilege that we get to co-label with God. I'm coming into land now. See, Jews hated the Samaritans and they were considered continually unclean so drinking from that woman's jar would have made a Jew unclean that's why they that's why Jews give some mountains a wide berth they didn't go near them let alone share how they can be saved but it's the sick who need a doctor Jesus says it's the sick who need a doctor let's be looking to share Jesus to share that there's a God who loves people unconditionally That heaven and hell are real places Forgiveness of sins is possible. And there's eternity to be (laughs) waiting for us. We've sung these songs today. Jesus does that. He shares, doesn't he? He says he shares that he's the Messiah. He clears up a bit of confusion in this woman's life. What it is to be a true worshipper. I want to say, don't make a mistake that everyone knows. Even if they tell you they know. I used to tell people when I used to share, can we talk to you about Jesus? I know about the book. I've done RE. I know been to church a couple of times, Christmas and Easter. I know, the, I know what's going on. Do you know what? When I actually, that week, I, I, you know, from the time my, moment I walked into a church, the following, you no, know, two Sundays later, I was saved. But in that week, I realized a couple of weeks, I didn't have a clue. I literally didn't have a clue. I didn't know the awe and wonder who God was. I just thought God was really angry and was just going to punish me and make me wear weird clothes. That's what I thought. I didn't understand so let's not take for granted people understand Jesus clears up in his passage to this woman what it is so make sure we're sharing and he prophesies truth didn't he into her life I'm not going to go into that this is the spiritual gift that Steph was talking about a couple of weeks ago and then she goes back to the town and shares it with the others and it says many believe and know indeed that Jesus is the savior of the world Many believe that Jesus is the saved Lord. It's not even. She, it starts with her testimony. She plays her part, and then they go and hear for themselves, and then their hearts are undone. I must drive people mad when, I, when we talk about football, because whatever we talk about, it might be the FA Cup, it might be Man City v Liverpool. I bring it round to Crystal Palace every single time. I think, what's my angle? There must be an angle for me to talk about my team because that's who I'm passionate about. That's who I want to talk about. I don't really care about Liverpool, Man City. I want to talk about Crystal Palace because they're the best football team in the world. Try and get the conversation around to Jesus. Work angles. Ask the Lord, say, look, 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 how can we get this? This week, Donna's been away for two weeks. It's been a nightmare at eating. Uh, Honestly, I can hands on head. I'm fed up with Chinese and Indian. I can't eat no more. (laughs) Of takeaway. So I've been saying to a couple of my friends, "Should we go? At least go out and have a proper meal somewhere." And Joe ran the meal times. I've just prayed, and I thought, "Why don't I do this all the time? I just prayed, said, Lord, give me an opportunity. Give me an angle for the gospel.'" Both times we've had fantastic conversations. Really good conversations. Are we praying enough to share? sowing and reaping are both essentials in seeing people saved as well and we should find joy in both of these i said at the beginning find joy in both of these god's given us opportunities to share and giving us opportunities to lead people to christ and we and we've got to play our role in both of them a lot of people i've led to i've led to jesus i haven't had much to do with (laughs) beforehand you know i've met them and i've coming on to the end and it's yeah it's great but it's also great to take people on their journey so many people come through the church in cyprus and you know not all of them got saved, but we, we sowed seeds and we watered and we watered and we watered. And who knows who's going to go and, and reap there. But it doesn't matter. None of that really matters. It's all about us playing our role and playing our part. Because if we, if we see evangelism like that, I promise you, you'll share more every day with someone who wants to listen. And that takes people another step forward in coming to Christ. And that should bring us joy. Because Jesus is, teaches his disciples that they are still concerned with the physical And Jesus wants to know what's just gone on with the woman is far better and filling. He even forgot about how how hungry he was because of what has just just happened with this woman. I'm not saying don't eat. I like to eat. But we must realise in life what is the main thing. R.T. Kendall wrote a book called Whatever Happened to the Gospel, and it's a great read. But it's about keeping the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is is seeing people saved. Seeing people come to know the Lord, seeing disciples made. This woman was so full of joy that she, even, she forgot her water jar. <laughs> Jesus forgot that one of the week. She's forgot the water jar because it was nowhere near as important to him or her anymore. She was so content with what Jesus had just said to her and what had happened in her heart. And he was so enjoying doing God's will. It's what gave him joy was the fact he was doing the call upon his life. Isn't that wonderful? He said, you don't even know. <laughs> this is amazing. Jesus speaks of him who sent me. He knew what he'd been sent in the world to do. Guys, we've been sent to share the gospel, to accomplish the work that God has given us to do in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? When you're in the will of God, and, you're in, and you're in, you will enjoy what you're doing, and it will be satisfying. I promise you. Being in Cyprus... Was what the hardest thing I've ever done, but it was the best thing I ever did as well. Do you know why? Because as much as there was opposition and attack, I knew I was in the will of God and we enjoyed it. <laughs> we enjoyed seeing people say, we enjoyed seeing people growing in God. We enjoyed people seeing going with all the gifts that God had put in them. It was wonderful. You enjoy what you're doing, and I'll tell you what, you'll never first and hunger spiritually again. Amen. I want to pray for us now. Because Jesus talks about, you know, when he says it talks about the harvest is ripe. The workers of you, he says, pray for the labourers. Pray for the workers. So I want to pray for us. And Joe, I just want to say that, you know, we all might be in different journeys on this. You might be thinking, Joe, I've never stepped out and spoke to someone about Jesus. I've never shared the gospel yet. But that's okay. <laughs> We're all going to start taking steps in this. We, we, it's lovely. It's wonderful that we journey together in this. We can encourage one another and, and build each other up. It may be that because of COVID, you've, you know, we've, we've come a bit inward looking and, and you've, you know what, well, just not been happening. And I feel like just it's, it's a stake in the ground moment for us today, just to get ourselves realigned with the Lord. Realigned with a great commission to make disciples of all nations. And for us to step out in the power of the Holy Spirit, believing in God, that he can, as we share this message of salvation, see people saved be expectant, be friendly (laughs) and kind, speak to your neighbours, speak to those in your workplaces.